What's going on, everybody? Week 17 is in the books. We have finished off the regular season. I mean, it's kind of like the podcast has finished off this regular season. We started a long time ago and we finally made it. We are in playoff mode, Drew. Playoff mode, that's the best mode. Playoffs. Play- yeah, I know, man. And that's your Colts. Your Colts are in the playoffs, Drew. Woo-hoo. Like it or not. And uh, Stone's Cowboys are not, and he loves that. So, um, hey, but I know Drew has a great best to start off with. Probably the best best we've had on the show this since we've started, Drew. Actually, I've got two bests. I'm going to start off with the one you guys don't know about. Actually, you might know about. I don't know. I'll get to that one in a second. The first best, it's actually not for me, my friends. It's for my lady friend. Uh, she was in the championship game of the Fantasy Super Bowl, and she won her league. It was Logan Thomas versus Zach Ertz. Logan Thomas scored a touchdown in the second half. She ended up winning by, I, I believe it was four points. I think it ended up – or actually it was 121 to 115, so seven points. She ended up winning her first fantasy league, and not only did she win it, she won money. It was a money league. So she she's pretty pretty excited. I was excited. Now, granted, it was my second team, so uh, I was gonna I was gonna win either way. But it was actually her team that won it. Uh, her name's on the on the winning team, so she won it. And then my best that you guys know about is obviously Gage Opal's wedding this weekend. Got to celebrate him. Got to see some old friends. I saw po- Parker Hall. Excuse me. Um, he is skinnier than I am now. Yeah. Uh, I was amazed. Saw KT. He's lost a ton of weight. He was looking fresh as ever. Uh, same with X. X was looking fresh. Uh, saw Mitch. Mitch was, Mitch was Mitch, my guys. Mitch was Mitch. Love seeing Mitch though. Uh, and so it was just an overall great weekend. I met Blake for like pretty much the first time. We got to hang out with him. He's a cool dude. Um, but congratulations to Gage and Layton. Uh, it was an awesome time. Unfortunate that it was in Little Rock, one of the worst downtowns I've ever been in in my life. Um, but I saw the Capitol building. I did see the Capitol building. That was very nice. That was a bright spot in a, in a dark area. So, yeah, I'll I'll go next. Uh, in case for those of you listening who don't know who those people are, uh, those are all teammates of ours. Gage Opal was a teammate of ours. Drew and I actually did a show with him quite a while back. You'll have to go back in the library to go find that episode. But yeah, all those guys he listed off are all good friends of ours. And that would probably be my worst of the weekend is not being able to go to that wedding. Uh, we had some things come up with fall camp approaching. We're now Stone and I are in fall camp mode, and uh, because of fall camp, it, it just, we just could not take the risk of going to a, a big event like that, unfortunately. And it sucks because the whole reason you play football, besides winning, obviously, is to make your best friends. And our best friends were at that wedding. One of our best friends was getting married, and those are the moments you live for, you know. And we couldn't be there, unfortunately. But uh, it was. I'm very happy that everyone got to convene in this time and and have a lot of fun uh you know drew i'm from north little rock i'm not from little rock i will say we have some decent downtown areas um you missed out the place you guys went to where the wedding is that's like Mm -hmm. yeah not the best so um when you come back to little rock whenever that is we'll in in a post-covid world we'll make sure you go to the best places because as stone knows the 501 is just built different built different as he said but uh, my best has to be fall camp, man. Fall camp is here. It's not even fall camp. It's winter camp. And uh, we're this is day one, and we're going to see where we go from here, man. It's it's a journey. How are you, Stone? I'm sticking with the best, and I'm just going to talk about fall camp is where I'm at. That's I'm locked in. I don't have worst. I don't – I wouldn't say – I can't say fall camp is the best right now because we haven't really started. But once we really, really start and have practice and everything, that's when it's going to turn into the best. So that's – 
that's all I'm thinking about right now. Hey, and also I didn't mention them. Miles was there as well as Chad and Corey. Didn't mention those guys. They were there as well. It was nice to see them as well. I didn't want them to hear this and be like, oh, of course. Miles wants to come on the podcast, Sandy. We need to set that up, have him, have him for an interview. It's not hard to do. The only thing is with Miles, we'll have to get him to do it. It's not like he can do it in the same room because if there's one guy on the team we can't afford to go down during camp, it's Miles Thompson. So hey, we'll, we'll wait for the season to go on once you guys yeah. make your little run. Hey, we'll, bring, we'll bring him on when he toasts insert name of team we play here for quite a few yards. I'm not here to give bulletin board material on a, on a podcast, but uh, he, he's, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. It, he really is. So exactly. Well, let's go ahead and talk about this NFL week 17 action. A couple important games, as Sandy mentioned earlier. And as I said in my best, well, actually I didn't say it was my best, but the Colts made the playoffs. I mean, that was the third best set of this weekend. Uh, my Indianapolis Colts ended up making the playoffs. Shout out to the bills. We play them the first round, but shout out to the bills for beating the dolphins. Uh, and we almost blew the game. So, Sandy, as, we, as we've started the last couple of weeks, let's get into this Colts game. Uh, I did not get to watch a ton of it because I was driving in to back back to Dallas. I didn't get home probably till about 4.30. So I caught the second half of the game, which was the worst half of the game um, because the Jaguars were coming back. And honestly, we don't deserve to be in the playoffs after these last two games and the last second half of both of them. We should outright – we should be – uh, 12 and four going into the playoffs because we should have beat the Steelers. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. I'm happy we beat the Col or beat the Jags, excuse me. And as Stone called it, JT had his breakout game of the of the season. Uh, so shout out to Stone. Thank you for, I guess, predicting that to be right. I don't know how to thank you for that, but <laughs> thank you. So uh, Colts yeah. are in the playoffs, and, and I'm, I guess I'm living high. You know, we we do play Buffalo. It'll be a tough first game. Uh, we'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I do think we have the defense to kind of slow them down. They've been hot those last couple of weeks, but uh, we'll see. Uh, and, I mean, I love the underdog. I love being an underdog, so let's be an underdog in this game and let's surprise some people. Hey, Drew, I mean, we, we've, we say it. Every football person knows it. The things you need, the things that travel in football, especially playoff football. Nice cut, by the way. New England Patriots, let's go, baby. Beat the Jets yesterday. Um, is run game and defense, man. And the Colts can play defense and holy crap stone. They can run the football. Yep. So Jonathan Taylor, third in the NFL in rushing this year, his last four games, he was, he had over 70 yards and all the worst he had was like 73 yards. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, he has a one, he has like a one fifty. Let's see. See the exact numbers. He goes for one fifty against the Rams, and then this week he has 250. Yep. So he becomes the third leading rusher in the NFL this, after this week, which I said in the preseason that he was going to have a better year than Josh Jacobs did in his rookie year. He goes for basically 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. And he wasn't – there was points this year where he wasn't a focal point in the offense. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what's amazing about it is either they're saving him for the playoffs – or they just didn't – Naheem Hines had some good weeks in there, and they just didn't think that they were going to play him as much. But, dude, he had, he had a great year and 11 touchdowns. I don't think you could ask. In the last four games, he had two, one, two, and two. Mm -hmm. So seven touchdowns in the last four games is crucial to, to going, into, going into the playoffs. So, hey – they might do exactly what the Titans did last year and kind of make a run just because they can run the ball. And I trust that offensive line with, you know, yeah. with everything. 
So the, the stats you just read off probably hurt Sandy's heart a little bit because those happened on weeks that he was not in the fantasy league. So he, he quote unquote wasted a draft pick with JT. Cause he, like you said, he wasn't really there being the year. I will say the only, the only, he did have a better year than Josh Jacobs as a rookie, but the only downfall to Josh Jacobs is he didn't play his whole the whole season. If Josh Jacobs probably would have, I don't think JT has a better year than him, but it is pretty impressive the year he had. And it's crazy because he's not even, he's not even going to be talked about in the rookie of the year discussion because we had some rookies who balled out this year. We'll get into that uh, closer to the Super Bowl when they announce those awards. Um, but yeah, so the Colts are in. Uh, and as we mentioned, the Bills beat the Dolphins and that allowed the Colts to be in. So the Bills won 56 to 26, um, which. Or Domi. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that was like what the third or fourth one we've had this year, or yeah. at least in the last couple of weeks. So, um, but I mean, they played good. As, as Sandy mentioned, the Dolphins receivers did not help Tua at all. Uh, it was nice to have Devontae Parker back. He had seven for 116, but still, that's where they need to lean this year. I mean, with the third overall pick, uh, hey, the way Devontae's been playing, I mean, honestly, they could trade back, get some capital, and look at Devontae Smith as as a first round, as a top ten selection. I I could see it happening, honestly. So they need that help. But Sandy, a team that hasn't made the playoffs, and I don't know how many years off the top of my head. You love them. We all love them here on this podcast. Now we've grown to love them this year. Who is that, and and what did they do this year? Dude, it is those Cleveland Browns, baby. First time since 2002, the Cleveland Browns are in the NFL playoffs, and they left it late against the Steelers, made it a little more interesting than it should have been against the Steelers team that sat quite a few of its starters. But, hey, I don't care because they're in the freaking playoffs. Let's go. It's a rematch against Pittsburgh. Next week, Pittsburgh will have their players back. It will be in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm excited for that one. And the Browns, you know, they got they got beat down by Pittsburgh when they played earlier in the regular season. They got beat down by Baltimore earlier in the regular season. They're a better team now. I still am not entirely sure where they match up the best with Pittsburgh, but they're a solid football team. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, I'll, I'll be the first one to say I have underrated Kevin Stefanski's performance this year as a first-year head coach. I've been all about Brian Flores. Uh, I've even been about Matt Rule. And I'm leaving out the guy who – Joe Judge, but I'm leaving out another guy who is the coach of the year. I totally forgot who it is. But anyway, uh, sensational year for Kevin Stefanski, 11-5. and five. Mm-hmm. And the best thing for me is I love the Baker Mayfield progressive commercials, and I hate watching those commercials when he loses because it doesn't look good, yeah. and it looks good right now. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm thrilled. Let's go, Cleveland. Hey, well, and the same, the same reasons you all mentioned of, of the Colts potentially making a run is the same thing the Browns can do. They got a great run game. Now, I don't think their defense is as good, but they've got, I believe, better defensive individuals than Miles Garrett, uh, uh, the war, whatever his first name is, Ward at cornerback. Um, I think Denzel Ward. So they've got some guys. I think they can. I think they'll they'll play Pittsburgh better than what they did earlier in the year. Oh yeah, for sure. Hopefully, playoff football should be interesting. I hope that they keep this game close. I hope. I'm not going to say that I just I want them to win, but, I mean, you don't make the playoffs for that long. It's kind of – you're the underdog, so everybody's going to be rooting for you, especially against the Steelers. A lot of people don't like the Steelers. For as much that do, there's a lot that don't. And then, I mean, it's a it's a division rivalry, air quote, game. So, hopefully Baker comes out and have a, has a great game himself, and then they just get the run game on top of it and good defensive play, and 
at least keep it close. That's all I ask. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll talk about division rivals. Uh, there was a chance for the Colts potentially to win the AFC South um, with Tennessee uh, almost losing this game to Houston, which in my opinion, I thought could, was, was almost done. Uh, but Tennessee goes down and wins the game, wins the division as well. So they ended up taking the division and they made the playoffs. So it is what it is. Yeah, Drew, watching that game yesterday, we were all texting back and forth. I got scared for a second. I felt like the kid from the sixth sense, you know, how he can see ghosts. I, I thought I was seeing ghosts yesterday when I saw Brandon Cooks and David Johnson popping off. Yeah. I thought this was like five or six years ago. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird game because Tennessee was in control the entire time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, big letdown, like in the third quarter, fourth quarter. And they almost they almost screwed it big time. And then you get this unreal big play on a deep post with AJ, AJ Brown. Brown and Ryan Tannehill and, you know, and then they doink it in, which is just it just you know cherry on the on the top. Yeah, I mean, also to kind of go back to the offseason to talk about Devondre, DeAndre Hopkins deal and David Johnson. I mean, I thought the Texans absolutely lost this deal, but the season now David Johnson didn't have a blowout season, but the season he had makes the deal not as you know wide of a gap. I think he kind of closed that gap a little bit. He didn't play in all sixteen games. But the games he did play, especially towards the end of the year, the last two weeks, he, he had sensational games. I mean, I played him twice in fantasy, and he almost beat me two times because of it. Uh, or because the, the other team. So he had a, he, it was a high note. He ended on a high note. I think Brandon Cooks ended on a high note as well for them. So hopefully the Texans' future looks a little bit brighter with those two weapons. Hey, we can talk about the DeAndre Hopkins trade in hindsight, but, you know, we'll put it like this. And I know that there were a variety of factors that led to this, whether it be that they were losing by a ton and had to get back into a game. Deshaun Watson finished the season as the highest yards per game. He threw for the most yards of the season. He was phenomenal. And there were people saying that he actually is probably going to develop better as a quarterback without DeAndre Hopkins because he's going to have to – to go through his progressions more as opposed to, well, I can just throw it up to D-Hop whenever I want to. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't have developed that way anyway, but that argument was made, and he had a fantastic year. And I hope that the Texans get it right because that's a special talent at quarterback, um, and he deserves to be playing in the playoffs. He's that good. So hopefully they get it right. He was phenomenal. He had a great year. He, he went for 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns in the air, and then let me look at his rushing if he had – and he had three rushing touchdowns. Without him, he so, really might be one of those guys who's more valuable to his team than anybody because without him, there's no telling how bad they are. 30, 36 tuds and a ton of yards. So, you know, you wish – you want him to get in the 40 club with that with that many yards, but let's be honest, he just – it didn't work out that way because – He, he would have had 37 total touchdowns, but one of his tight ends completely dropped a ball uh, two weeks ago. So – he needs to have better weapons. Honestly, the Texans franchise is terrible. They've been bad for a while. Um, so hopefully they can get him some help here in the future um, because, uh, as you guys said, he's one of the bright spots in the NFL when it comes to the quarterback position. He's, he's one of the – he's getting overlooked because he's in the same draft class as Pat Mahomes. If Pat wasn't here, Watson would be getting all the love, in my opinion. Yeah. Hey, when you're talking about that draft class, don't forget about another playoff quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, just saying. Um, hey, but Stone, speaking of quarterbacks who, uh, well, Deshaun Watson should have been in the 40-touchdown club. There is a quarterback who entered the 40-touchdown club this week. To wow. your, to our surprise, maybe, to some. But uh, I know Stone wants to give a shout-out to this guy. 
It is Tom Brady. <laughs> yes, Tom Brady went absolutely stupid at the end of the year to get his 40 touchdowns. And we kind of – we I don't think we ever talked about it on the show really, but we had been talking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was coming down to like the last couple of games, and dude, no way this old guy gets forty touchdowns. And but he threw for four one game, and he comes out and throws for two the next, and then you're like, oh, well, he, he has to have four to get it, which we didn't think was going to be possible. What does he do? He goes and gets four, and he didn't. He had, I think, he had twelve interceptions on the year, yep. and but forty three total touchdowns. So he kind of uh, that's that's big time. Yeah. Especially so, for a guy. The double-digit touchdown or double-digit interceptions, but dude, he made up for it with 43 total touchdowns. So. Well, and I think we, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit. I think a lot of those interceptions came early in the year. Uh, and as they kind of figure out the offense and, and some things were changed, the less and less happened towards the end. So, I mean, for a guy who everyone thinks is washed, I mean, he threw the same amount of touchdowns as he is. I think he's – as he is – he's 43, correct? Yeah, so he threw the same amount of touchdowns as he is years old. So, uh, I mean, huge shout out to him. Uh, I'm excited to see what this Bucks team do. Hopefully, Mike Evans can play in the playoffs because he deserves to play in the playoffs. What he's been through, the he's I think the only receiver to have seven straight years of a thousand yards receiving, yeah. and he had a he had a deadly year. And again, overlooked because of guys like Devontae Adams and what they did this year. Mike Evans was overlooked all year long, and having guys like on his roster like AB and and Chris Godwin. So. Um, excited to see what this Buccaneers team can do in the playoffs because I don't think the hype is there right now. I don't think teams are looking at them to do crazy things in the playoffs. And I believe they get the uh, the football team week one or in the wild cards. Yeah, I want to save that, Drew, and get into it a little bit after this recap because I, that's um, that's an interesting matchup. Yeah. And then the last game I kind of want to go over um, is the DeAndre Hopkins team, the, the Cardinals, because um, – they looked not good, and it didn't help that Murray got hurt in the first half or the first quarter, came back. I mean, they had a guy – I've never even heard of this guy before in my life uh, playing quarterback for the Cardinals. Uh, and then, I mean, they just didn't look like a good – they didn't look like a playoff team, and I'm happy they're not in it because I don't think they are a playoff team. But I'm also upset because the Rams don't have Jared Goff, so the Rams might not look as good going into the playoffs, but that defense looks very scary. So uh, excited to see what they can do in the playoffs, but I don't know – uh, if they'll be able to kind of do anything without golf at quarterback, but they get the Seattle Seahawks in the first round. So that'll be kind of interesting. But other than that, I mean, unless there's any, if there's any games you guys want to talk about, we can Dude, there was one game yesterday. It didn't mean anything, but if you stayed around to the very end of NFL red zone, you get to catch the end of the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. What a freaking ending to that game, man. Uh, Raiders tie it up with, not well. They they go they they score a touchdown to what you would think would be to tie the game and go for two with 20 seconds to go, and they get it 32-31. Some freak things happen to where the Broncos actually almost had a chance to kick a game-winning field goal, and it didn't happen. The Raiders win. Um, that yeah, that was that was a great ending. I think the Raiders are a team to watch out not watch out for, but I'm very curious to see what they do in the offseason because. I, I don't know what they want to do with Derek Carr. I don't even know what the Raiders fans want to do with Derek Carr. Uh, I don't know where they're going to look necessarily, but they're a team that seems like they're just missing things here or there to where they can be a playoff team in the future. I'm not sure. I do. I mean, got to go back real quick. I mentioned it in passing the New England Patriots beat the Jets. 
I have no – dude, you talk about a team where we have no idea what's going to happen in the offseason, the Patriots, where they're going to go, what they're going to do in the draft. Uh, who knows? Drew's team is the only team that we really kind of have an idea on right now. So, well, yeah. Well, well, Cam Newton's not, not coming back. He's already announced that. Uh, and I think the Patriots have agreed that they're about to part ways after this year, which, I mean, I think is a good thing. I think it was a project that ended up not working out for both sides. Um I mean, it was interesting to see what the Patriots were able to do with not Tom Brady at quarterback for, you know, 20 years. But, yeah. It, it was it, interesting until week five. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely they're definitely the biggest question mark going into the 2021 season. So, we'll see. But also, he shout out to the Vikings-Lions game. That game ended up turning – that game was a shootout as well, just like you mentioned with the Raiders and the uh, Broncos. Kirk Cousins, 400 yards. More importantly, one – he had 400 touchdowns. I think he had three tuds. In one gritty, what a stat line for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Well, and then before we talk about the playoff matchups, the Cowboys lost to the Giants. I saw the last play of the Cowboys uh, the Cowboys season. Uh, I know Stone was holding his breath on that throw and interception, um, but they ended up losing to the Giants. So the Giants needed the Eagles to beat the uh, football team to get in the playoffs. And we can get into this a little bit. I know we talked about it before the show, but – Doug Peterson kind of throwing the game, I guess, for the for the Giants not to be able to make the playoffs. Your thoughts on that, Sandy? I would – okay. If Jalen Hurts stays in the game, they definitely have a better chance of beating the Giants. I'm not going to say he intentionally did it. I, I have no idea what was going on. I believed when they first took – I remember I, I checked on Twitter and they were like, hey – before they came back from TV timeout, they were like, hey, just real quick, Nate Suffield's warming up, guys. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what's going on here? And they came back, and Hurts is not hurt. Get it? He's not hurt. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I So, my impression was they were just going to see what they had in Nate Suffield. Now, we've seen a little bit of Nate Suffield here and there to know that he's not going to be a starter in this league. But I, I can see where you want to just see what you have in your backup, given he's been in the league for about five years. So we should have a decent idea of what he's about. So I personally do not have that gut feeling that the Eagles organization were flipping the double birds to the Giants. Uh, I can see where Giants fans would be upset. And the response that the rest of America should give them is you won six games. Yeah. So why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's – I can see – I mean, in my opinion, if I was a coach, I would love to see what Jalen Hurts could have done in that last couple minutes of the game, maybe the last quarter. If you wanted to see what Nate had throughout the game, put him in the second quarter, put him in the third quarter. But I just – I understand also you don't want him to get hurt because he's probably the quarterback of the future, at least for the next couple of years because I think they're about to move on from Wentz. I understand, but he's also about to have a whole offseason. But, I mean, I guess if you – like tore an ACL or did something, he'd be out for the whole next season. It'd be a waste of a, a waste of a year in his career. And he's already an older guy anyway. So, I mean, I, I definitely get it, but I mean, in a weekend where teams that didn't, that didn't need to win games were playing their hearts out. In my opinion, you just play to win that game. You know, and I personally, like as a, just as a fan and as a, you know, coach in the future, I think that's a terrible job by Doug Peterson. And he's earned so much respect in this league over the last couple of years. Now I'm not saying he lost it all, but I'm definitely saying that you can almost put like a little, he, he kind of had a little tint to, to his career now because of what he just did. Uh, and I mean, we've seen it in other, 
other coaches as well. So I'm not saying it's like a bad thing ever, but I'm just saying like, it's a little like kind of take on me on like the negative side. I just, I just don't respect him as much as I do as I did just because I'm like, Hey, just go win that game. Cause at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter if you don't want the giants to get in or if you don't want the football or if you want the football team to get in it just, just go win the game. I mean, at the end of the day, he could, he could lose, he could have lost his job the next day because of what, of what, if he didn't win that game or not. So that, that's just my thoughts. I think it's obvious what they were doing. Yeah. And Chase Young came out and kind of said it without saying it. You know, he's kind of like, I think I know what's up, but I'm not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's obvious. I think it's two. I think it's a lot of things. And I think it's like all all the things that y'all have already mentioned. I think it's well, we win this game, the Giants get in, and whatever. Who cares about that? We don't really care about them getting in. So they whatever that wasn't even on the table for them. I don't know if they were like actually going at at them like that. But I feel like that was definitely discussed. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, that's not even, we don't care about that. We're, we care about other things. So, again, they kind of spit on them by doing that, but it doesn't really matter to the Eagles. Yeah. They were definitely protecting Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. And there's a video of Jalen Hurts on the bench, like, saying, it's not right, man. It's not right. We all say that as players. Like, when I tore my ACL, I'd already had damage and, and done to my knee. But I was like, dude, I cannot, like, I've worked my ass off to get here. And I was like, dude, I'm going to play. And I didn't know what was wrong with it. I just knew that it was hurt. And I didn't know I was going to go out there and, you know, completely mess it up even worse, but I wasn't going to, I can't do that. That's just not who I am. So, and that's how Jalen is. He's been like that his whole career, as you've seen at Alabama and Oklahoma. So of course he's going to say it's not right, but coaches got to do, they got to protect us. And sometimes they got to do stuff that they don't want to do. So one, I think I want. I think they wanted to play him, but at the same time, it's like, dude, we've won four games this year. Why let him get hurt in a meaning? We're not going to the playoffs, so it's meaningless. Next thing is they definitely did that to secure draft picks. Mm-hmm. They definitely did that to stay in the top, you know, in the almost basically the top five, yeah. close to it. So it, I think all three things were considered, and the consideration was, well, we don't want to lose him because we think we have something better than Carson right now. So we definitely don't want to lose him. And then two, it was, bro, we got the number six pick. We make it Devonta Smith or somebody of that caliber. So yeah. I don't, I think they didn't give a crap about what the Giants had to say anyways. And Sandy's totally right by saying you won six games and you're sitting here blabbering on about this team, not winning their fifth game. Yeah. And just so you, because you're not going to make the playoffs now. It's, I think it's pointless. Go win some other games on your own and exactly. don't leave it up to another team to get you into the playoffs. True that. Well, uh, also huge shout out to JK Dobbins. He finished the year off pretty strong. As well. Woo. Woo. Hey, let me tell you, man, they I, should have been doing that the whole time. I don't understand I, yeah. why they can't hey. understand. Like, sorry, uh, Mark Ingram. Sorry, but you've been surpassed. Buddy is like literally you just like eight years younger. So I don't know why they didn't go to him earlier. They look, they've looked so much better with him running the ball. Yeah, Stone called Jonathan Taylor, but if you're one of the OGs and remember the the beginning of this show, uh, we released a live video from Pookie, uh, his reaction to the Steelers draft. He really wanted J.K. Dobbins because he he knew what he could do, and that cat is different, man. He, yeah, the the Ravens, the way they're running the ball now, they ran for 400 yards, I believe. If yeah, so. I haven't been big on the Ravens. I'm not big on Lamar Jackson, but what they're doing right now is uh, 
is yeah, it's gonna be make for a fun playoff. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting because a lot of the a lot of the AFC teams are big on running the ball, so we'll have some old school kind of football games. But with the in a, with the NFL regular season coming to an end and the playoffs starting next weekend, there's always this Monday that comes and it's Black Monday, uh, and and it will and coaches get fired that aren't that don't make the playoffs. Obviously, we already had the Texans fire Bill O'Brien, Falcons fire Dan Quinn, Lions fired Matt Patricia. Uh, during the season, but we had some fires that happened today. Uh, the Jaguars fired Doug Monroe, which, I mean, I guess is sad. The Chargers fired Anthony Lynn, even though the Chargers spent the year four on a four-game win streak to try to save his job. Um, that was not enough. The Chargers have fired him. And, and thank the heavens if you're a Jets fan because Adam Gase is out of New York. He is no longer a cancer for them anymore, so they can go on and move on with their life. Oh, we'll talk about that later. So that's that's the that's the coaches firing so far. I saw something about John Elway too, and I thought, oh my gosh, the Broncos are going to move on from this dude. But he got he got promoted apparently to like president of football operations or something crazy. So he got promoted while being demoted because I don't think he has the final say anymore on player personnel. Yes, I I agree with that. So yeah, so he he won't be he won't be calling all the shots, but he'll be helping out as well. So. Let me tell you something that I, I read this morning when Doug Marone was fired. Uh, the owner, Shahid Khan, who I think – I don't remember. He, he just recently bought a Premier League team. It's not Arsenal. Um, so, sorry, Stone. He said that the incoming GM, whoever he hires, should know that he will be retaining power over personnel decisions in 2021. If I'm a GM, I'm saying, yeah, no, I'll wait. I'll go interview somewhere else. There's no way in hell am I letting an owner who's got interest in other places as well. I'm not going. That's ridiculous. That's that's a hellhole. And uh, if Urban Meyer ends up there, I'll be shocked. No way in hell I want him looking over personnel decisions. It happens in Dallas. Look where it's got him so far. Well, and yeah, I mean, I think I think that'll be. I think they'll get a young GM, someone who can start there, uh, just to have just to get that position, you know, so they can put it on their resume, so they can go other places and say, hey, I've done this. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but let's go ahead and get in this playoff picture. Uh, we'll talk about some, we'll talk about all the matches real quick. Uh, Chiefs and Packers get a bye the first week, the first time. Now we've got what's called the Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't know why they had to call it Super. I understand there's one extra game. It's Super because the noon kickoff game that Drew and I have been railing on for years is actually good. <laughs> both of them, both of them are, and it's not on ESPN on on Saturday. It's on uh, I think it's on ABC or it's on CBS or. I think it, I think it's on CBS. We get saved. Yeah, we got we got saved this year. But um, the matchups are in the AFC. We've got the Bills going taking on the Colts, uh, Steelers taking on the Browns, Titans, Ravens, and then the NFC. We've got the Saints taking on the Bears, Seahawks, Rams, and then the football team taking on the Buccaneers. So, of the Super Wild Card Weekend, which game are you guys looking forward to the most? Yeah, I'll go first. I can't just pick one. There are two in the AFC, Bills, Titans. No, not Bills, Titans. Bills, and I'm just drawing the – I know it's Ravens and Titans, and I'm oh. just drawing – because it's Bills and the Colts, duh. I mean, the, yeah, those two matchups are very intriguing. Uh, the Bills are very hot near the uh, near the end of the regular season. Josh Allen's been playing well, going up against a good defense, a team that's running the football really well. The Mafia is back. 
in Buffalo. So that'll be a ton of fun. Hey, that Ravens Titans game. If I had to pick one game to watch this weekend, it's probably that one because of the way that Baltimore is running the football and the way the Titans are, are playing. Hey, how do we go this long without mentioning the fact Derrick Henry eclipsed 2k? That's freaking awesome, man. I wasn't even sure if we'd see that for quite a while. And he is awesome, but that game is freaking awesome. And that's the game I'm most looking forward to. The Bucks and football team, real quick, I mentioned it earlier in the show. I've been saying, we've all been saying this, the, Tom Brady has always struggled in his career against interior pressure. He's going to get a lot of exterior pressure in this game as well with Chase Young. So that front four versus that Bucks offensive line that has been spotty at times may be a problem. Another problem real quick, Cameron Curl, cornerback for the Washington football team, Arkansas zone is three picks in four games, if I'm right. So he's a freak. He's a stud. And he was way undervalued in the draft. But that's not his fault because he played for the Razorbacks, and the Razorbacks were hot garbage. (laughs) And I understand totally why people would, you know, look past him. But for a team that had a bad defense, had a bad team in general, bad culture, Mm -hmm. For all that to be a part of the Razorbacks the last couple of years, he was a bright spot, and he actually made a lot of plays for us. But, you know, of course, we sucked so bad that people just way overlooked him because they were like, oh, he's on a shitty team, whatever. Well, it doesn't matter. So shout out to them for getting a good player. Shout out to him for making great plays. We've mentioned him a couple times. I always go back to the Baldingers. Um, I don't remember what he calls it, but he, he breaks down the film. Uh, Baldy Breakdowns, that's what he yeah. calls it. So he breaks it down, and he went on this big, long rant about uh, Cam Curl being a great tackler and everything. It was it was really cool to see. Shout out to him for representing us. It's he's been one bright spot in the NFL. There you go. Let, us, me you, let me ask you this, Stone, because you've been you've been big about the Chicago Bears potentially upsetting someone in this first round. You you see them upsetting the Saints? I think they can, man. I don't know. I the. The Saints are legit. Like, they're good. They're very good. They have a good – they're a good overall team. It's not like they just have one really good side. Like, there's some teams in the playoffs you can see, like, just have one really good side of the ball and then everything else is like, eh. The mm-hmm. Saints are, are not really like that. But there's a there's some there's something there with the way Trubisky's kind of played after he's come back. There's, a, like, a shock factor that may – and they have a great defense. And they their offense is spotty. But that's the thing that scares me about them is, like, what if Mitch comes out and is just, like, absolutely on fire? Like, if – I'm not going to say he's going to have an Aaron Rodgers game or anything crazy like that. Yeah. That's – no, that's most likely not going to happen. But what if he comes in and he's above average, doesn't turn the ball over, and, you know, hits open receivers and his receivers don't drop the ball, and then all of a sudden, oh, crap, their defense is playing really good too. And they have good special teams. They have Cordell Patterson. They have uh, Miller. He, he mm-hmm. does some special team stuff. And they got um they got another they got a young guy that's an up and coming receiver I can't remember his name but Mooney Daryl Mooney yes Mooney he's I for, I was thinking of another name that was N Y but that's an Arsenal I'm messed up <laughs> but yes so like they've got some studs for special teams too so it would not for that would be that wouldn't surprise me and honestly I might I might bet on it I don't know I'm I'm dead. Well, and I think I think everyone will agree the AFC games are way better because we've got the the biggest gap of records. We've got thirteen and three going against eleven and five. Whereas you flip it on the other side, 
you've got a 12 and 14 playing an eight and eight team and a seven and nine team playing an 11 and five. And then the Rams don't have their quarterback. So it will, at least right now, they don't, I don't, I don't think, I think golf's done for the year uh, and they have to go to Seattle to play. So I think the NFC is a little bit easier to tell who's going to win these games. Whereas the AFC, I think every game's kind of up in the air. Uh, at least there'll be tough competitions. Now I was going to be mad if the Colts, if every team won and the Colts were 11 and five and didn't make the playoffs because that's, I feel like that's just like robbing them uh, of a playoff berth. If you go 11 and five, now Sandy, we didn't mention, we have, we failed to mention Derek Henry a couple of times on those podcasts when he's had really good games. And I think that's a part of partially my fault because anything that he does usually happens against the Colts or an ASC team. And so I just try to, I just try to overlook it because at the end of the day, it hurts my heart knowing that a guy is running for that many yards against, against my teams. Now, He's not really a Colts killer anymore. He's more of a Texans killer because the last three times he's played him, he's rushed for over 200 yards each time. So, um, but again, I don't think we we thought we were going to see another 2,000 yard rusher in our lifetime because of the way NFL has been going with the passing game. So huge shout out to him. I did have him on fantasy this year. He he underperformed in a handful of games, but he very much overperformed in a lot of games. So huge shout out to him. But Let's go ahead and let's pick these games real fast. We'll do we'll do our normal Twitter ones, but I just want to do a quick picks right here. Let's go. Uh, let's start in the NFC. Let's go. Let's start with the football team Buccaneers. Who are you taking, Sandy? Drew, I have a I, I have a weird feeling about this one. Oh man, I'm gonna go with the Bucks, but. It's like 51-49, man. Uh, there are so many reasons to take the football team in this game. But I'm just going to bet on the chance that the Bucks get it right and they have a guy leading them who's been there before, who's been there more than anybody. So I'll go with them begrudgingly. Yeah, I'm, that's the, I'm taking the Bucks for the same reason. If I'm the Bucks, if I'm a Bucks coach, I'm telling my guys like, hey, look, we might be without Mike Evans mm-hmm. and – we don't know what our running game is going to look like, and but and we don't know how our defense is going to play, and we don't know how their offense is going to play. So I'm tell, I'm on their ass all week. Like if y'all don't if y'all aren't ready to to bring the bring the noise, y'all will get beat by this team. It doesn't matter if they only have seven wins and they're in a bad conference or division. Sorry, like. They will beat you because they have legit guys on defense, and they will beat you with that alone. Like they just need a little bit from offense. So, I'm I'm telling my I'm not saying I'm scared, but I'm definitely telling my guys you better stay, you better be ready this week because they're going to bring the noise. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the Bucks win this game. Don't think it's going to be a blowout like some people expect, but uh, I definitely think it'll be closer than a lot of people think. Uh, but I do think Tom Brady's leadership will help the Buccaneers win this one. Next, we got Seattle and the Rams. Andy? Boy, you talk about a, a team that's, you know, they're either good or they're bad. The Seahawks uh, coming from, I mean, the first half of the season, you're like, oh my God, it's going to be, it's a, it's Seattle and Green Bay and everyone else in the NFC. And now I'm not sure what to think of them. Even if Jared Goff is able to play, I, I think that thumb is going to be an issue. Even if he was 100% healthy, I'd still take the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm definitely going with Seattle here. Yeah, I'm going with Seattle. I just don't see the Rams winning this one. Seattle's good enough in positions that I like. They have elite guys on defense, like they have Ramsey and they have uh, Donald. 
but Seattle's good enough to hold them off enough where they can go win the game. So I'm going to go with Seattle. I think it'll be an interesting chess match. They're both division rivals. So I think it'll be, you know, it's the third time they've played this year. I, I, I mean, it's the way the Rams defense has played. I honestly want to take them just, just solely based on that Rams defense. And I think Sean McVay can do enough with what he has on offense because Seattle's, they are playing better on defense, but Jamal Adams got hurt at the end of the last game. Now I'm sure he'll play in his first playoff game of his career this week. Um, But I definitely think he's not going to be a hundred percent. I think this could be a, I think this will be the only upset in the NFC. So give me the Rams. Uh, I, I just think they can do it now. Now, it, again, like you said with the Tampa Bay, it's 41, it's 41 or 49%, 51%. I'm taking the Rams though with the 51. Then we go to the Saints Bears game. Dude, this is one where Alvin Kamara's out and the Bears are playing pretty good football. Besides their loss to Green Bay yesterday, you're talking about a team that put up 30 plus points in four consecutive games. Going up against a team that, you know, Sean Payton is arguably the best play caller in the game, maybe besides Andy Reid slash Eric Bieniemy, uh, slash Kyle Shanahan <laughs> slash Sean McVay. So <laughs> I have a weird feeling that I think the Bears may win this game, but I'm going to side with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. But it, huh, it'd be interesting. I, I'm going with the Bears. And Woo! I explained – I, I already explained why I was going to take him, why I was scared of him. Mitchell Trubisky has kind of found his thing. Um, the Saints, although they've they've put up a lot of points these last couple of games, this throughout their year they've had some funky wins where they barely won games that they should have had blowouts. And I I just don't I don't know if I trust the Saints right now, especially without Kamara. And they played the Bears close in overtime this year already, so. I'm going to take the Bears. I'm I'm basically picking the defense and can't believe I'm saying this. Mitchell Trubisky to not be Mitchell through Pixky. Like no turnovers, very normal game from him, maybe a couple touchdowns. Great defense, great special teams, Bears W. Well, let's I'm going to keep this one simple. I'm just going to ride with the Saints. Uh, I, I I like for the reasons he said about Sean Payton, that's the reason why I'm going to roll with them. Uh, just because I think even without Kamara and stuff, they will find a way to win this game. He's that good. Yeah. They don't have any running backs. No. The entire running back room is gone. No, but that's how good Sean Payton is that I actually have faith in him to figure something out. I don't know what it's going to be, but he's going to – there's something he's going to figure out. Ty Montgomery had 116 yards rushing uh, against the the Panthers this week. Now, the Panthers aren't as good as the Bears on defense, but – He'll he'll find some way to win this game with the weapons he has, and he's got some versatile guys on that team. Shout out to Jordan, little Jordan Humphrey, uh, who kicked my butt when he was at South Lake Carroll in high school. But um, that's the NFC. Uh, just a quick uh, or to the AFC. I mean, now uh, let's go ahead and start from two to seven. Let's start with the Bills taking on the Colts. I'm gonna go with the Bills. But really, there are every every wild card game this weekend is is interesting and could easily be close one score game mm-hmm. but i'm gonna go with the bills josh allen's been putting up big numbers recently this is the hottest team in the nfl and the colts have shown they have given me no reason to put a lot of faith in them so i'm taking the bills 
And those are the reasons why I'm taking the Colts, baby. Underdog mentality. Uh, shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles of 2018. Give me that underdog momentum. I mean, I mean, here's the deal. I, I think when people don't look at you, that's whenever, you know, you're able to play your best ball. Uh, I think hopefully Philip Rivers can turn it up a little bit because, like we've said, the Bills' defense is suspect. They've been known for having a good defense, but this all year long they've been suspect. If somehow the Colts' offense can slow down Diggs and Josh Allen, I really do think we have a chance to run the run the ball, like run the damn ball. Uh, Philip can make a couple throws here and there. Ty's been playing better. Better. Uh, Pittman Jr. is having a decent rookie year, even though he was hurt a lot of the a lot in the early part of the year. I mean, I'm taking the Colts because they're my favorite team, so I have to pick the Colts in this situation. But I do think it'll be a good football game. It's not going to be the normal snooze fest of the Bills versus the Texans on ESPN. Uh, it'll, it, it'll be a it it should be a good noon game. Let's just hope the Colts can play a full 60 minutes because if not, this could become a, a slugfest uh, for the Bills and 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 they can knock us out pretty early. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it's a good one. Um, that's all I asked for. Honestly, if we don't win the game, but it's a good football game, I'll be a happy man because I don't I didn't expect us to. If if we didn't make the playoffs, I didn't expect us to get out of the wild card. So we're in the playoffs. I, I this is where I expected us to be. I'm I'm a happy man. Uh, and then we go to the the other division uh, rival game, the Steelers and Browns. Dude, I want to pick with my heart on this one. My head clearly says Steelers. The Browns can definitely do it. Uh, I just I, I still think they're a year away from being a a real player in the AFC playoff race. So I'm going to take the Steelers begrudgingly. I honestly don't know what they're going to be able to do on offense, but I just I have a gut feeling the Steelers are just too good for the Browns right now. I am taking the Browns, and it's for two reasons. I realize that they still have T.J. Watt. I realize that they still have Minka Fitzpatrick. I realize that. And they picked up, I think his name is Avery Williams mm-hmm. from the Jets. He's, he's, a, he's a good linebacker. But here's the problem. They, they're missing Bud Dupree. They're missing Devin Bush, and their cornerbacks are bad. So because of that, bad cornerbacks – make passing game better on Baker, easier. He's got all his receivers back. And you have a you have an edge guy that is gone, and you have a middle linebacker that is gone that is better than the ones that they have now. So they're going to be able to run the ball, and they're going to be able to throw it enough. I'm picking the Browns. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the Browns only won by two last week to a, a belittled Steelers team, but I think they have momentum. Uh, I think they're going to surprise some teams, and I think they're going to just want to play better than the Steelers. And if we're being honest, I told you guys from the beginning of the year, the Steelers are pretenders, and they will be pretended on by the uh, Cleveland Browns as they go on. That doesn't make any sense, but as they go on to the divisional round where they'll get stomped um, by whoever wins between the Titans and Ravens. But that's my opinion. I Hey, it'll make me a happy man, too, if the Colts finish better than the Steelers in the playoffs because like I said, I don't, I don't like this Steelers team. I think taking a week off for big Ben and company is not, was not the right move. Um, but here's the deal. I, I think the Steelers, Steelers lose this game. Then we go on to the final matchup, Tennessee taking on Baltimore. 
Yeah, best match in the playoffs for me. I I do not like the Ravens for many reasons. I like the Titans for quite a few reasons. <laughs> but my gut says the Ravens, man. They're this team is is you know under the radar, underrated, overlooked is a cliche. This team, what they're doing right now on offense is being overlooked. They're they're when you run the ball for 400 yards, you have my attention. And playing against the Titans team, they can put up points. I, I love this old school football, Derrick Henry versus a team that's going to run for 400 yards. My gut says the Ravens, but I have it. I am morally obligated to take the Titans, but I can. It's like 51 49 for me too. So, it's a great game. Titans. Sandy, let me ask you a quick question. Who runs for more yards, Derek, Hunt, Derek Henry or the Ravens offense Ooh. in this game? That's a good question. I like that question. Ravens offense. Yeah, I mean, If you give me Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins, even throw in a little bit of Gus Edwards in there, I'll take it over Derek Henry. But, I mean, that's, that's saying a lot because he's awesome. I don't know which week they played, but they played earlier this year. And this game was won in overtime. And it, it helped me win that, win that week because Derrick Henry won, won, won like a 30-yard touchdown to end the game. So give me the Titans to win this game. I have them beating the Ravens by a very slim margin. The Ravens will be, excuse me, playing harder because last year Titans ended their season uh, in the divisional round. And so they'll be kind of playing for redemption. But I do think the Titans are a better football team. So give me the Titans. But that does it for our NFL talk. We're going to move on to some college football talk. But first, we're going to hear from our sponsors, Anchor.fm, as well as Thrive Fantasy. And when we come back, like I said, we'll be talking about the college football bowl games. Okay, so for y'all at home that know Drew, Stone, and I, you know that we're big fantasy football guys. We're also big fantasy sports guys. We've gotten out in the soccer, and we're going to be doing fantasy hockey. Drew's doing fantasy basketball this year. Drew, this is exciting because now I get to tell you to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. And here's the best thing about it, Drew, because like when you're doing football, and we know football, but you have to go do a lot of research about it to go look at the matchups, look at the numbers, like is Big Ben going to do it this week? Is he going to throw this much? You don't have to do that anymore with Thrive Fantasy. So they've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport, like you and me back in the day when we played Division Three football. So, Drew, what are some examples of how they do this? Yeah, so for so they do it differently. So, NFL, you get uh, 20 different player props that you can bet on, uh, and you only have to choose 10 of them. So, like tonight, uh, for example, we've got the Bengals and the Steelers playing. They give you – 20 people, 20 uh, prop bets. You only pick 10 of them. You pick the over, under on them. So that's smart. all you got to do. That's all you have to do. And then for NF, or for the NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, which I know you're not a huge fan of eSports, but we've got uh, – you only have to choose five of 10. So they only have five out, uh, and then you only have to choose five of them. Uh, each, each prop bet has a fantasy point total ac accumulated to it for the over-under. So if you think Big Ben, for example, is going to throw for 260 yards, uh, you might bet the over. If you think he's going to throw over, you might bet the under. Uh, each value is different. Uh, and then the next, per the next one might be different. So Big Ben might have 105 points for the over and, and 95 for the under, but it might be flipped on the other one. So each point is different. Um, and then the most points at the end of the, of the week gets a 
uh, a share of the pool prize money. Yeah, but I like this part though, Drew. It's the more points of selection is worth, the riskier it is. And you know, fantasy sports is all about risk, and we like that. Yes, sir. We like that. Yes, sir. Uh, and then they also do PGA as well, a new contest each and every day for the tournaments uh, for Thursday only and Friday only. So you don't have to sweat your golfers ruining your weekend if they do not make the cut. Yeah, and I know a lot of people who have that problem. So you're probably sitting in your homes thinking like Thrive Fantasy. I've never heard of Thrive Fantasy. Well, that's your fault because they've awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018. It has $75,000 guaranteed in prizes weekly. $75,000. Imagine what you could do with $75,000. So use promo code SPLITTINGUPS today. Drew, we have our own promo code, SPLITTINGUPS. Use promo code SPLITTINGUPS when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match bonus up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. So download Thought Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. That's www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up today and hashtag prop up today. And we are back. We're talking college football because the national championship is a week away from the time that we're recording. Real quick, though, I have to go back to the NFL because we forgot to mention Aaron Rodgers threw 48 touchdowns and five picks in the regular season. That's freaking insane. That's like, yeah, Stone saying it. That's MVP. He is the MVP. He's – they're just – I don't have enough words to say everything I think about him. But let's go back to college football. Drew, I know you want to run down some of the non-playoff – bowl games and congrats to one A&M fan in your household of course yes. well um I'll before I get to that one Ole Miss Indiana I told everyone to smack the over under you shouldn't have done that because it was only 26 to 20 uh, I mean it was kind of a boring game honestly um but Indiana made a late push towards the end in the fourth made it close but they ended up losing to Ole Miss a good win for Lane Kiffin and company uh Oregon loses to Iowa State Iowa State finishes on a high note they smacked they, well, they beat them just 34-17, but uh, for the most part, they smacked them. <laughs> Pac-12, Pac-12 was terrible. Um, and then uh, the Peach Bowl, uh, Georgia wins 24-21. to uh, Kind of a heartbreak at the end there for uh, Cincinnati. But it is what it is. I do have a bone to pick with Georgia real fast because they threw the ball. They had the ball, like, on, like, a couple yards away from the field goals, like, target range like you know the, the target line and yeah. they took like two shots down the field and I was like what are you doing throw the ball like throw a 10 yard out route get your kicker some more confidence he goes in and drills it so shout out to him uh you know we love our kickers obviously hashtag splitting up right but um he if I'm the coach like you, you got to make it a little bit easier on your guy now if you trust him wholeheartedly like I guess he did Hey, but if he misses that game, if he misses that kick, in my opinion, it's on the coach. It's on, it's not on the kicker in that instance. Um, but he got lucky. They ended up winning by three. I thought the safety at the end stone, I didn't know that I forgot the spread was like seven. I thought the safety at the end was gonna kill betters all across America. So I went and looked and I was like, ah, it didn't mean anything. I think it was like minus seven for Georgia. Um, but then AM beats North Carolina 41 to 27. Now, it looks, in my opinion, and I've talked to a couple AM fans, it looks bad because AM only beat UNC by 14, which is what Notre Dame did to UNC. So, in my opinion, the final four was not saying it was the right four, but 
A&M didn't do anything to prove that they should have been in it because they only beat the same team that Notre Dame beat by the same amount of points. And I think Notre Dame maybe handled business a little bit better than A&M did, but they have a star in the making with the running back who had 12 carries, 140 yards and two touchdowns just in the second half. Do not know his name at all because uh, he hasn't played all year, but they have a star in the making, I guess, at A&M, the bright future for them. Their running backs look really good with Spiller and this guy. Uh, they do they do lose Kellen Mond, but um, also my my girlfriend she bet uh, some money on the spread and ended up winning the last minutes because UNC turned the ball over on fourth down and they were able to go down and score real fast. Those are the bowl games uh, before the playoffs. Let's go ahead and get into this playoff. Let's start with um, the Ohio State. Actually, no, let's start with the Bama uh, Notre Dame game. Stone, I'm going to go to you for, or actually, Sandy, I'm going to go to you for this one, sir. I don't I don't have much to say about it. I mean, we all watched it. Holy cow, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris. That game was really what we thought it was going to be. I, I, I admire Notre Dame for, for fighting back. Uh, Kyron Williams had a good showing in the second quarter as they tried to uh, work it back. He, he had to come off the field injured and was out for quite a bit. But, uh, you know, Notre Dame didn't wallow. They, they came out and tried to punch with them. They couldn't. Notre Dame took their foot – Alabama took their foot off the gas. Um you know, Notre Dame's going to get dumped on. They, they, they've been in the playoff, what, two times mm-hmm. in, since it started. They played Alabama in the national championship in 2012 and got thumped. But, you know, they, they've got good players. They're, the step for them is obvious. They don't have speed. That's what this is. And Brian Kelly's going to have to adapt and adjust, improvise and overcome uh, as he tries to spearhead Notre Dame into the future of college football because he's just – what they're doing right now is not going to work. But they did come out and fight. Yeah. But like I said, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, dude, oh, my God. That's Heisman right there. Jesus. Yeah. If he doesn't the Heisman, it's rigged. Yeah. And I do have – you want to talk about bones to pick. I would have rather had seen Cincinnati. Just give us Cincinnati in that game because I think – I. so I got, I got kind of – griped at because I said we knew the outcome of this you never know the outcome but we have an idea of what Notre Dame's identity is and it's just it wasn't on par I would have rather have seen the same outcome with Cincinnati playing than I would have with Notre Dame again because in our lifetime I mean Notre Dame in the big bowl games is just over so but somebody that's a problem the problem with it all is that somebody's got to beat them twice basically is what it's come down to and nobody has. So they keep setting themselves up, but it seems like they're setting them there's themselves up for failure ultimately in these big time games. Cause they just get outclassed. And, uh, I, and he's totally right. It's the speed. I mean, as a Notre Dame fan, obviously it's, it's sad. Then they, they did have a good drive in the second quarter uh, where it was like set, well, end of the first early. No, that was a great drive. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good drive, but I think at the end of the day, you don't win games doing that, and especially against a team like Bama where they can just score in a matter of seconds, a matter of two, three plays. So All you have to do is go back to 2012. Look at how the ball teams played. Look at Alabama's offense and look at Notre Dame's offense. Alabama ran a very similar scheme to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they threw the ball a little bit more maybe, but, but look at the evolution to this point. Look what Alabama's moved into to what Notre Dame – Notre Dame's the same football team. They've got great players, great offensive linemen, great tight ends. You're going to have talent, but it, 
the, the where Alabama went to and where Notre Dame went from that game here, that tells you all you need to know. And I'm not dumping on Notre Dame. That's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, it's tough. I now, again, my girlfriend bet on this game as well. She, I told her, like I told you guys, Hey, take the spread on Bama. I think they're going to win by more than 21. They literally were up more than 21, pretty much 95% of the game. Notre Dame scores in the fourth quarter. She ends up losing that bet. Sad day, but it is what it is. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, we didn't get blown out as bad as they showed on the little graphic of those seven games, but it, it was a garbage touchdown at the end with a minute 30 left. Um, not, I mean, not a great showing for Notre Dame. You know, we had a couple of good drives that like we mentioned. Uh, I mean, we have good players. We're just not, we're not getting great players like multiples of them. We have good players. Like I think we have the best linebacker in the country. I don't know what ward it's called off the top of my head. Um so we got so we had a player who got that award obviously our own lines like the if not the best top two in the country every year year in and year out we produce alignment it's just we're not we don't have all the pieces our quarterbacks play isn't hasn't been great for a while our receivers haven't been great for a while so it is what it is i mean everyone knew playing against Bama you were going to lose so i know stone said there's no you can't say you know can't tell the outcome of a game but everyone knew this is how it was going to turn out but the game that kind of surprised everyone, Ohio State and Clemson. Ohio State comes out and totally dominates this game, 49 to 28. So I'm going to go to you first for this, for your reactions on this one. Hey, six games, fresh legs, domination. That was – and the thing that's crazy about it is Justin Fields missed a lot of throws. He missed a lot of wide-open guys down the field. It should have been worse. So – yeah, you can say the fre- there's been the fresh legs argument, which I agree. I mean, it's football. You play six or seven games versus someone playing 11 games. Mm-hmm. It's way different, way, way different. You, you, you end up missing a lot of players, whatever, and then you're just, your body's just different. I, I get it. But you can't say what Dabo said and then get blown out like that. Mm-hmm. You, just, you set yourself up for failure at that point. So, dude. It was, it was, I won't even say it was a good game to watch because we saw nothing, but it was, it looked like Clemson was a bunch of three stars playing, like a bunch of three and two stars playing a bunch of five stars. That's exactly what that game looked like. And no, they, I got, wanna, they got pounded. Now, I want to ask you guys real fast about um, the, the reports that came out about Clemson uh, as OC. Obviously, I think he tested positive for COVID, so he was not there. Now the first, I think the first couple of drives were scripted or at least the first quarter or something like that was scripted and they scored 14 points in the first quarter and then kind of went silent for the rest of the game. Do you guys think that played effect into Clemson's ability to score the ball and the overall outcome of the game? Let me tell you something right now. They can say it had an effect. Maybe it did in a couple areas of the game. They got flat out manhandled by Ohio State. They they looked like a bunch of boys out there. That was boys against men. And that and honestly, and I say that so emphatically because that's not how I saw that game going. I did not think Ohio State could move Clemson's defensive line the way they did. They treated them like boys. So they can talk about Tony Elliott missing that game. They got whipped up front. They got exposed up front because that Ohio State team, holy shit. I'm trying not to cuss. Dude, that was – no, I, I'm not accepting that. Did it make a difference? Maybe it did. Not enough because Ohio State wins that game either way. They got whipped. Yeah, it wasn't close. The trenches, mm-hmm. 
especially from the defensive line perspective from Iowa or Iowa, Ohio State. Coming into the game, people didn't even know who these guys were. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, everybody knows who they are because they they like Sandy said, they treated them like young men, little boys. Now Stone. We've been we've been couldn't say that about Notre Dame. Hear that. Stone, we have been talking about this penalty all year long and for many of years. I need to ask you about the targeting play by I don't even know the middle linebacker's name, but the Golski. Yes. What are your thoughts? By rule, the refs did the right thing. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously a flaw because there's the spinning motion and he could have, if he doesn't spin, then he's going to hit him with his shoulder. There's all that. If he tries to tackle him, the way the play worked out, if he tries to tackle him by not like full force running into him like that and tackling with his chest, he's probably going to get run, run over. That's just the nature of how that situation was going. So you're telling a, a guy on defense to, make a tackle and force because that's what we do on defense. You're supposed to be an enforcer. Mm-hmm. It's somebody hard. You don't ever want to be dirty, but I, and I don't think he was being dirty. So you tell him to do that. But at the same time, you have to, you have these split second reactions where it's like, I see this guy, I see this guy. Okay. I'm going in for the tackle and I drop my head just a little bit and all of a sudden he spins and then I duck even more. It's there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a lot of people that are making rules that have never played. And I would just like for them to know that it would be nice for them to be put in a situation where they have to react based off of what someone else is doing. And you have no idea what they're doing. Like just put them in the same situation of being a, being a football player and have them react and try to make a perfect tackle every time. It just, it's impossible. And then on top of it, this is what's so funny about the situation in the game that the hit happens, the rest make the right call even though I hate the rule, they, they make the right call. He shouldn't be ejected. It should just be a penalty, whatever. He gets ejected. A play happens. And then the next play, two plays later, Sermon gets the ball. I think it was on a pass. Mm-hmm. He gets the ball. He's in the open field. He ducks his head into a defender's head and knocks his ass out. Basically you see him stun. Like you see the def- the defender like stun and is on the ground and slow to get up. So my problem is, is that offensive linemen do it to defensive linemen. Defensive linemen do it to offensive linemen. Nothing's called. Mm-hmm. Defensive lineman does it to a quarterback, like the Kirk Cousins thing, too. Good God. Or a defense, a defender does it to a quarterback that's running who's not um, – Defenseless. He, he, yes, he's not defenseless at that point. He knew what he – he was totally aware of the situation. Mm-hmm. And then – and it's penalized big time. And then right after that, a running back does the same damn thing, basically, except head to head to a defender. And it's like nothing ever happened. So the, and the problem is the problem with everything about it is that one's in the rule book and it's called all the damn time when a defender makes a hard hit. And the other thing is in the rule book, it's in the rule book. You can't use your helmet as a weapon basically is what the rule is mm-hmm. and what they don't call it for running backs. Yeah. They literally, it literally says running back cannot lower his head to engage into a defender. What do they do? That's what they do. That's part of the game. I'm, I, I don't. The rule is stupid to me on both sides. I want people to tackle right, but kicking them out, stupid. But also for offensive guys to just continuously get away with it and not be penalized, what's the point? What's the point? It's definitely a tough one. I mean, we see it in the NFL and in college that it ruins games and, and yes, it, it it's it's just it. I understand like you're trying to protect the players and protect 
everyone involved. But like you said, you got to call both sides and being an offensive player. First of all, I don't understand why lowering your head is going to help you do anything. I mean, other than somebody out when they're trying to tackle you. I mean, I've never, I personally being an offensive guy for the majority of my life, I've never used my helmet to run over someone and it got me better yards. If that makes sense. Usually you just get tackled or you run over the guy and you fall down. So it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but we're going to talk about the national championship game in, in a, one second. I forgot to shout out OU, just absolutely destroying Florida. You know, we like that. Yeah, uh, it, it was fun to watch. Now, Kyle Trask had a terrible final final game of his career. Um, yeah, shout out Trey Norwood, pick six in that game, played against Trey his junior year, uh, Fort Smith Southside, Northside, Northside. He'd hate me for saying Southside, <laughs> Fort Smith Northside. Yeah. yeah, Drew, we Oklahoma, man. Yeah. So they, they came out and balled. Um, and then shout out to Steve Sharkeesan for getting uh, the head coaching job at Texas. I, I hope I said his name right. I probably didn't, but close, close. just call him Sark. Yeah. Okay. Well, he got the he got the head coach job at Texas. Um, best of luck to him because he's about to have a long couple years. Because hey, if you go to Texas, you got a lot of responsibility on you, and we'll see how he does. I mean, he was at USC. I believe he was with the Falcons for a little bit. So. Hey, we'll see how that one goes. But let's go ahead and talk about this national championship game real fast because we won't be able to uh, preview it before it's played. Next time it'll be played, we'll be uh, either recording or we'll be recording the following day. So we'll give you the, the reaction to it. But we've got Ohio State playing Bama. Sandy, let's do this guessing game again. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but what do you guys think are the over-unders and the spreads as of right now? Well, I know the spread opened up at seven and a half for Bama. Bama was giving seven and a half. I know it was bumped up to eight. Uh, I think this was on FanDuel. So I don't know. I guess William Hill is the one that most services use. Uh, They got a lot of action on seven and a half for Mm -hmm. Alabama. Yeah. I would imagine it. I don't think it should be this. It's probably eight. Is it? I'm going to say eight and a half. Stone, your, your thoughts? I think it's been dropped down to less than a touchdown. It should be. So six and a half at the highest. But I, I'll just to for field goals sake, I, I'll do, I will say five and a half. It is on CBS Sports is what I'm on right now. It's not an actual like betting site. On CBS, it is seven and a half Bama. So you were right, Sandy, the first one. It's probably fluxed up and down the last, yeah, yeah, last couple of days. Yeah, and then the over under. What do you guys think of what it is? I know I guess Sandy's looking at it right now. So. I, I didn't see the over under. I only saw the spread on the ESPN app. Um, geez, dude. I mean, Alabama's going to give you forty plus points for sure. Ohio State won't go quietly into the night. I I think it's going to be over seventy. But okay, hold up. Yeah, Stone, you have one real quick. I got to think of a realistic gonna, score. I was going to say like 72 and a half or something. 72 and a half sounds good. That's exactly what I was going to say. 75. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm yeah. not surprised by that at all. No. I think it opened up at 74. So. I'm not surprised by that at all. Who would have thought a Bama team so, you would expect them to give up that many points? I'm, I'm, if I'm the way that I've seen Bama play, they've played good teams and they've mm-hmm. beat so they're playing, they're playing a, probably one of the better teams they've played all year for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be close and their stand to their standards, I guess. So 
I'm saying Bama will win the game by 13 points. That's my pick. I don't know. I haven't figured out a score, but 13 points, Bama's going to win by 13 is what's going to happen. Sandy, thoughts? Uh, yeah, Justin Fields played – he was awesome against Clemson, and he showed a lot of grit. And, honestly, I wasn't sure that he had some of that in him, and he's got it. He proved me wrong 100%. Ryan Day is a great play caller. They'll have a good plan. They'll score points. This Alabama team, though, is almost historic in the way – I never thought I'd see a team come close to doing what LSU did last year. I'm not going to say they're that team. They're very close. I'm going to take – yeah, I think Alabama's going to win this game, but I was very, very impressed with Ohio State. And Justin Fields played one, probably the best quarterback performance I've seen on major college football this season. Yeah. I, I've got a oh, – go ahead, Stone. No, you got it. You got it. Mine's – I'll be – Well, I've got two – I've got a question I want to ask you guys after we get done talking about this Bama game. But I'm going to give my just thoughts. I mean, I definitely think Ohio State's not going to go out without a fight. Um, but I think – I think there's going to be the first couple of the first couple series, maybe the first quarter, quarter and a half, it'll be a good game. And then some, something will happen. The momentum, the momentum will swing to Bama for some reason. And I think Devontae Smith gets free a couple of times, probably has two or three touchdowns in this game for 140 yards. I'll give him. Uh, I mean, I think Ohio State has the athletes not to give up that, but I definitely think Devontae Smith is that special. And I think he'll secure, secure himself as a top five pick in the upcoming draft if he has a game like that. Mac Jones will be coming off the Heisman uh, Trophy, so I think he'll be riding a high. But we have seen a, a – Devontae is making a, a case for it, but at the end of the day, Jones is throwing him the ball, so they're going to give it to him. I opinion. think he did enough. Yeah, I, I actually expect Devontae Smith to win the Heisman. They they don't give those awards to receivers anymore. I'm sorry, it's not it's not 1980 anymore. So it's uh, it's, it's 2020. They're going to give it to the quarterback. It's just the way we are nowadays. 2021, sir. It's time yeah. for a new age. But so I I think now Heisman Trophy winners have come off and played the national championship game and have not played good. But I think um, Bama will be wanting to end the season on a high especially after what LSU did last year. I think they're going to want to – I don't want to say repeat that effort, but as you said, they're very close in statistics. I think they're going to want to finish the season off very strong. So I've got Bama winning by more than seven points, in my opinion. My initial math problem was for the score. Mm -hmm. It was 43 to 30. So that's the under and the 13 points that, that I'm saying. I don't know if that's realistic because that's a lot of field goals. Yeah. Maybe some missed extra points. Yeah. But you never know. I wouldn't be surprised by 43-30. Bama's weirdly had some like close games, but they're like close late because they like stopped playing. Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like what happened with them in Notre Dame exactly. where the game kind of got a lot closer than what you thought. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they're ever going to jump out to a lead like 21 or anything. I have no idea, but yeah. I'm thinking that they'll get something late that seals 13 points. 13 points seems very realistic for them to win. Well, let's go ahead and let's let's we're gonna wrap this up with some questions here. Uh, and they're they're NFL questions for these college guys. Sandy, do you think Sunshine goes back one more year, tries to win a Heisman in a Natty, ends this I mean, hey, the people were saying it once they once they lost. Thoughts? No, no. 
No. That'd be cool if he did, but I don't think so. I don't think he's coming back. There's no way. He just no. got married. He, he's about to get married, Drew. He's got to. He's got to fill back his bank account back up. I, that wedding ring probably set him back quite I a bit. I think he's ecstatic about not going to the Jets. Yeah. Because Florida and the area of Florida he's going to is not very different from the area that he's been in in, in South Carolina. So well then, well then, my next question is: Did the New York Jets are they about to watch their future quarterback play on Monday night in Justin Fields? Potentially, I think they've thought about it. For more and more mock drafts, man, these NFL scouts are really high on Zach Wilson. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I I don't think Zach Wilson jumps Fields. Now, if Fields has another crazy good game, I could see him easily getting picked. But not by maybe not by the Jets, but by whoever's at number two if they trade up, like Stone has mentioned in the past. Um, but I, I mean, I could. Eat, and if Fields has a bad game, honestly, I could see Fields coming back too. And just because I think he could potentially, he if he came back, he'd be the easy number one next year. And I don't think there'd be any questions about it. But he's always been because he's always been compared to Trevor Lawrence. And if he goes in the draft with Trevor, he's always going to be compared to Trevor for years to come. So the problem is the risk. Yeah. The risk where it's like I co I go back for a year and I'm definitely getting picked either one or two. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely getting picked in one of those spots. So the risk is I come back and I get hurt and maybe someone takes a flyer on me. Yeah. I I mean the the thought was just there. I just know there'd been a lot of questions after the after those two games. Justin Fields' stock went up. Not saying Lawrence's went down by any means, but people were like, well, he's going to want to come back and finish off his career on a high note. But I, at the end of the day, I mean, I and, and he might not want to play for Jacksonville or, you know, whatever. So we could we could potentially see him not go to the draft, but I'm 100% certain, actually 99.9%. I want to say 100%. I'm, I'm not Germanic, so or I want to be Germanic. So I'm going to say 99.9%. So... But that does it for our podcast, boys. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, if you guys want to listen to more of our episodes that we have, uh, we release episodes every Wednesday right now. Uh, you guys can check us out on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you guys find your podcast. Look us up at Splitting Uprights. While you're there, go ahead and hit that subscribe button or the follow button, whatever the app tells you to do. Go ahead and do that. Show us some love. We'd love to see that. Uh, we also post daily content uh, on, on the Twitters. Go ahead and check us out at Splitting Ups. Check us out on Twitter. Well, we have more interaction there anyway, so go ahead and look there. That does it for us. We'll see you guys next week. Sheffield sucks.
number one.